Welcome back to Atrium Talks. Deepa, we have talked about new business models, innovation, dissent, but I think this is all leading to one simple thing, which is disruption. Right. The technology is causing a lot of disruption. Right, and is this time we turn the lens on ourselves, don't we? Okay, so tell us how disruption works. Uh, well, my favorite model to explain disruption is the one that's been articulated by Clayton Christensen, you know, where he talks about how companies, organizations are held captive on their performance trajectory by an existing way of doing business, by existing set of stakeholders like customers, investors, right? When you're held captive there, you are also held captive to a certain set of resources, processes, values. And when the disruptor comes into your industry, he makes the point, it looks very different from you. In its origin, it's an inferior product. And right? you don't pay attention. You then don't pay attention to it because you're held captive on your own performance trajectory. You don't pay attention to it. If it stays there, it's all right, right? It's just another market. But what it does is adds layers, including the product, the business model, and moves in your direction, ultimately gassing you out of the water. So we have several examples of that. Several. So Encyclopedia Britannica didn't pay attention to the online version with Wikipedia. Yes. And before you know it, Britannica was gone. Barnes & Noble didn't pay attention to Amazon. Blockbuster didn't pay attention to Netflix. Kodak didn't pay attention to digital photography and it's gone. Many computers didn't pay attention to the personal computer. But what is fascinating in all of this, Bhagwan, is that it's not about the technology. All of these incumbents could have designed the new technology with their eyes shut, right? Uh, a mini computer manufacturer could have made the personal computer with their eyes shut. The fact is they chose to chose ignore not it. To they it. chose to not do it. Because this is inferior. This isn't good enough. Yes. Who, why should I pay attention to right, it? Right. He asks this classic question. He says, you know, they're looking at this disruptor and saying, should I invest in a technology that improves my margins and serves my existing customers? Or should I invest in a product that none of my existing customers will buy and which will erode my margins significantly? And therefore, he says that it's a problem of good management. Disruption occurs because of good management. As a good manager, you're incentivized to ignore that innovation and not pay attention to it. So you are over here and the new technologies over here, low enough, let's not yeah. pay attention. But at some point, what happens that allows it to take off? The incumbent is already operating in an overserved market. In some sense, performance cost ratios are lagging. There are new buyer behaviors that are emerging. So they're already in a market that's ripe for disruption. So the disruptor, when they come in, they just have to build a few product layers and hit where your mainstream performance trajectory is. And those layers are usually involved the business model, like I say, not so much the technology. So let's talk about education. Yeah, let's talk about disrupting education. Because, you know, the education model that we have is maybe 200 years old. Yeah, decades, decades. And nothing has happened. Nothing. And we have survived. And in fact, you and I have benefited from it a great yeah, deal. Yeah, I agree. And you know, Lenin's, I'm reminded of what he said, there are decades when nothing happens and there are a few weeks when decades happen. And I feel like the post-pandemic world in some sense has been that period of time when decades okay. have happened in education. So you're scaring me. <laughs> Tell me. What's going to happen to You education? tell me, do you think online education is inferior? Yeah, I think it's inferior. That's what an incumbent would say. 
Okay. We're already in Christensen's model. <laughs> We're okay. saying it's inferior. Right? Okay. So what is your prognosis? What do you think is going to happen? I don't know if it's inferior, right? So let's say... Uh, it's, you don't it's, think it's inferior? I don't think it's inferior. I think it's different. It's different. It's different, right? And the verdict is not out yet. It may well be that it stays where it is and doesn't, you know, cater to the swaths of people that we cater to. But however, we must, in order to uh, respond to it, we must recognize it as a competitor or as a space in which we must also play. So you are saying don't be complacent, Bhagwan. Don't be complacent. And in fact, you are doing that at ISB. You are actually recognizing that yes. online might be a big thing. Correct. Because it doesn't have to be disruption. It can be reinvention. Oh. Right? It could be that because there are, and this is a classic case even with the music industry, they failed to recognize that their abilities of breaking new artists were, was a thriving one in the new world, even with the advent of digital music, but they never leveraged it. And I think we have several strengths that take us into this new world. But for that, we must recognize the new world as a potent one and then respond. Okay, so recognition is the first step. Correct. And what is the next one? When digitization of certain physical products happens, the core product starts to get commoditized, mm. right? So, for instance, when uh, music is separated from the CD or, you know, money is separated from a banknote or books are separated from hardcovers, these core products, when they become information goods, they start to get commoditized. Analogy for us, classroom learning is separated from the classroom. Uh, that core learning starts to get commoditized. So we have to ask ourselves, what is it that we do in our classrooms that those guys cannot do? Okay. So you think there is a tsunami coming? I think there is a tsunami coming. Yes. I think there's a tsunami coming. And not just in the education sector. I think it's in other sectors as well. Healthcare behaviors are starting to change. Right? Indeed. Uh, education behaviors are starting to change. Retail behaviors are starting to change. You have self-driving. There's a variety of sectors. I can't think of any sector that's not impacted by the tsunami, as you call it. And either companies have to reinvent themselves or they have to be fundamentally disrupted. Okay. So now I'm scared even more because you are telling me that I, being a professor delivering in the classroom, we are about to be blown away by the tsunami. I'm saying we don't know, right? Which makes it interesting as a planning exercise in terms of the business model of this new class of startups that are coming, let's say. They're still coming to us, Bhagwan. They're still coming to us. We give them content. We certify. We do all of that. So maybe... We, we is who? We is the university. The university must ask, is it because of the faculty? Or are the faculty because of the university? Ah. However the university answers that question... I think will determine its course of whether it's disrupted or whether it's reinvented. So maybe I'm predicting that you will survive the tsunami because you're thinking about it and making changes and I won't survive because I think I'm comfortable with my old model. That's a theme for organizations in general, Bhagwan. I think that's a theme in general. Disruption or invention? Let's see.